It's Belgium. It's Croatia. It's Morocco. And it's Canada. It's Group F. And it's the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. And that's going to begin with a, a summary of each team. And so we'll begin with a summary of Belgium, and that's kind of a, a quick overview of their history and then uh, a comment on their form coming into this cup. So let's begin with Belgium. Belgium has had an impressive history of qualification for the World Cup. Uh, they were there for the first three uh, World Cups and after a flat period where they qualified for only two World Cups between 1950 and 1978. They went on to qualify for six in a row. That period from 1982 to 2002 saw not only their first trip past the group stage, uh, but uh, five out of six times, peaking with a third place finish in 1986. Incredible then that none of this reflected in their Euro Cup play. Two impressive results uh, third place in 1972 and second place in 1980 took place during that period of World Cup drought and only two uh, group stage appearances during their strong World Cup period, uh, which we just mentioned. Um, the two fell into line from 2006 onward, though, beginning with a non-qualification for either cup until two four, 2014, and then a new generation taking them consistently past the group stage, but even then viewed as not having yielded their full potential. From 2014, they have reached the quarterfinals in three cups, um, but came closer to their potential in the 2018 World Cup, where they finished third. Their potential is best seen in their FIFA rankings, where as a result of strong qualifications, they, have been, they were first since 2018 and in the top two uh, from 2015 with some dips along the way. ELO ratings um, are more sage and have them in the top five from 2018, sometimes ranked first. Uh, this, if not familiarity with their squad, uh, does explain why even third place does not fully um, satisfy them. The strong generation is not yet aged out, although new talent is coming in, but the vanguard of players like Kevin De Bruyne has only one or two tournaments to, to fully justify those world rankings. Uh, in fact, recent form, especially in 2022 and 23 Nations League play, uh, does show a bit of a drop in their renowned consistency. All right. Well, moving on to Croatia. Uh, in terms of uh, their history, Croatia was a new name in World Cup soccer from 1996, but far from a new presence. They played a role in Yugoslavia's long history, and given their success as an independent country compared to the other teams that made up Yugoslavia, uh, it was more like the 20% credit, uh, it was likely more than the 20% credited them by FIFA. I'm talking about their role in Yugoslavia's uh, history there. Uh, Yugoslavia's success was intermittent, featuring high highs and low lows. They finished twice in the top four 
in World Cup competition and twice in second place in Euro competition, but otherwise only reached half of the Cups in both tournaments. Their history as a country that included Croatia ended in 1962 and 1976 had been Yugoslavia's last strong performance. But Croatia as an independent country jumped quickly into action, earning third place in the 1998 World Cup. Uh, but they too resumed uh, a pattern of intermittent success. Though they reached most cups, aided no doubt by both cups having been expanded to allow more teams, the quarterfinals became their best finish in Euro Cups while they didn't even pass the group stage of World Cups after 1998 until, as is their wont, they surprised again with a second place finish in 2018. Yeah, neither Yugoslavia nor Croatia have had a sustained period of success. The 1960s is the closest they've come, but even that period contained failures to qualify for both Cups. Their second place finish at the 2018 World Cup then is another of their sudden flashes of strength. It was preceded actually by a group stage finish in the previous World Cup and a round of 16 finish in the Euro Cup. And it was followed by that same result, a round of 16 finish in Euro 2020. There is little reason to think they will be a top team going forward, and in fact, the generation that achieved second place in 2020 was aging out at the time, uh, most of the key players close to or in their 30s. Having said that, they have gone through some renewal and have been consistent in 2022 World Cup qualifying and in the 2022-23 Nations League, so Croatia are still a force to be reckoned with. Now that's right. Okay, well, moving on to Morocco. Uh, the 1976 African Cup title win does not coincide with their good results in the World Cup. Uh, their impressive 1986 World Cup campaign, where they went undefeated in the group stage to reach the round of 16, roughly coincides with two fourth place finishes in a row in 1986 and 1988 in the African Cup. That has to be considered their peak although we have seen fourth place, especially as host, is not really that much of an achievement. Their two World Cup qualifications in 1994 and 1998 do not correlate with African Cups either, uh, or do not correlate with African Cups, showing uh, uh, as they failed to qualify for two of the three uh, African Cups in that period. And other than second place in the 2004 African Cups, their results were flat from 2000. Group stage finishes in the African Cup and no World Cup qualifications. By 2014, they had even grown further from the World Cup and they were disqualified from the 2015 African Cup, having failed uh, to reach uh, the African Cup in 2010. However, 2017 marked an upturn in their results. They passed the group stage of the African Cup for the first time since 2004, and then did so for the next three Cups. They qualified for the World Cup in 2018 and again in 2022. In the 2018 World Cup and 2021 African Cup, their performances deserve better results, and they enter the future uh, with a talented squad. Yeah, so long story short, uh, they really seem to be entering into a good period here, hey? Absolutely, yeah, I would totally agree with that. Right, well, we could say the same of Canada. Uh, Canada's first campaign for the 1958 World Cup 
was uh, uh, was where they withdrew. Uh, sorry, their first campaign was in 1958, but they withdrew in 1962 and did not enter in 1966. They also didn't enter the regional cup until 1973, but they fairly quickly entered a strong period in the CONCACAF championship at least from 1977, culminating in a title win in 1985, which qualified for them, uh, which qualified them for their only World Cup in 1986. They remained quite flat after that until another good, if short, period with a title win in the regional tournament, now known as the Gold Cup, and a third place finish in the following edition. From there, they passed the group stage about half the time in the Gold Cup, but never threatened to reach the World Cup, falling to, uh, sorry, failing to reach the final group stage every time from 2002. It should be noted that as undeserving as they were to receive an automatic qualification along with USA and Mexico for the Gold Cups, it probably did them more harm than good in that the lack of competitive play gave them little preparation for the Gold Cups and for the World Cup qualifying campaigns. The creation of the CONCACAF Nations League in 2019 solves this problem for them, and uh, we've seen that it's benefited them already. Yeah, they finally have some uh, competitive games to play outside of you know tournament finals. Mm-hmm. After three failures to pass the group stage of the Gold Cup from 2011 to 15, they did so in 2017 uh, with the seeds of a squad that promised a brighter future. They reached the quarterfinals there and in 2019 where a lapse against Haiti prevented them from doing better. Uh, the creation of the CONCACAF Nations League also provided the whetstone they'd always been missing to sharpen their squad. Success there, including their first win over the United States in 38 years, and a semi-final finish in the 2021 Gold Cup was greatly encouraging. But even that success did not predict finishing first in the qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. With the squad still young and highly motivated, uh, Canada has a promising few years ahead. Let's hope so, eh? Yeah, I, I think it'd be difficult to argue with the quality of young players uh, they have and what they've achieved so far, must be said. Yeah, that's right. Well, we'll get into the discussion soon, but we're going to take a look at the uh, rankings uh, for our four teams here. Yeah, beginning with Belgium, the pot one team, they're currently ranked second by FIFA and fourth in ELO. And as we kind of alluded to, they haven't really been out of the top five in either system since uh, December 2018 and were actually first in the FIFA rankings for much of that time. They really were, and it's such a turnaround from, uh, um, you know, they were in a week period before 2014, I guess. In June 2012, they were ranked 54th in FIFA and 43rd in ELO, and uh, it was even lower than that in 2007. Yeah, definitely. They've, they've risen quickly, but they managed to stay there. Yeah. All right, how about, Cro uh, sorry, Croatia next? Yeah, the Pot 2 team, they were 16th in FIFA and 15th in ELO at the time of the draw. Um, they, they did, of course, spike after their, uh, their World Cup um, second place finish in 2018, particularly rising in, in FIFA where they rose to fourth, um, though they, have, they haven't reached the top 10 in, in ELO uh, during that same time. 
Right. And, uh, you know, we saw Yugoslavia and them both are kind of uh, intermittently successful. So uh, uh, 2018 was a, was a big success, but they've dropped quite a bit uh, since then. And we can kind of see that throughout their history. They come into the top 10 and have dropped down to as low as 30th. Uh, and they've gone through that, that pattern uh, a couple of times, even since uh, the turn of the millennium. Yeah, kind of um, conversely, actually, Morocco's seen a slow and steady rise uh, in their rankings. Uh, the pot three team was 22nd in FIFA, or is 22nd in FIFA, and 24th in ELO. Um, and like I said, slow and steady rises from the 70s in both systems uh, in December 2015. Yeah, that's uh, that's well put, and, and um, they were a bit higher uh, around 2010, but uh, uh, from that time, uh, uh, from from uh, about 2012, it's been uh, steadily rising. And in Canada, the, the pot four team are 43rd in FIFA and 29th in ELO. So actually a bit of discrepancy there. Um, and uh, again, for Canada, this marks a, a pretty significant rise. They were 117th in the FIFA rankings in December 2016, so six um, years ago, and 78th in ELO. Um, so yeah, up to 43rd and 29th now, and they saw kind of a particularly sharp rise during that World Cup qualifying campaign, where as you mentioned, um, they took four points off both Mexico and the United States. That's right, yeah, and really 2016 does seem to be uh, the turnaround year, because the, the, their Gold Cup in, in 2017 offered a little bit of promise, and they've just been getting better uh, since there. Okay, well, let's take a look at the head-to-head. -head. There's actually not that much to look at here because the teams haven't met that often, Connor. Yeah, um, so we'll start with Belgium-Croatia. They've met six times and have an even 2-2-2 two, two, and two record. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they met in 2002 and 2004, but more significantly met in 2014. That was after Belgium kind of entered their strong generation. And uh, in that one, Belgium uh, bested them, uh, actually winning 2-1 away and tying 1-1 at home. Um, but both of them went on to qualify for the Cup. Yeah, and then Belgium has met Morocco once. That was in the 1994 World Cup. How did that game go? Uh, that was in the USA, and Belgium won one nothing. but they were both very different teams back then. Yeah. And then there's no other head-to-head -head record to speak of. Um, Belgium have never met Canada. Uh, Canada actually hasn't met Croatia or Morocco either. And Croatia and Morocco have never played. Um, of course, Canada not having much of a World Cup history and Croatia being a relatively new country, uh, partly to explain that. Yeah, but that's uh, one of the reasons why it's kind of hard to compare uh, teams from, from different regions, which, which actually factors into our discussion quite a bit. But before we get into that, we're going to take a look at the odds that odds makers are giving them, not to encourage betting here, but just to see uh, just to see how this group of people is looking at this group. Yeah, in terms of odds to get out of the group, Belgium have a 90.6% chance, so heavily favoured. Uh, Croatia comes second at a 64.3% odds to make it out of the group. And then Morocco edges Canada. Morocco about 31% likely to get out of the group in Canada, 27%. All right. Well, let's begin our discussion uh, um, with that. 
No, let's begin our discussion with the World Cup schedule, because I think a couple of times we've forgotten to talk about it. So uh, is there anything significant you see uh, in the World Cup schedule in terms of who plays who when? Well, I think the biggest phenomenon that we, we sometimes see is is a strong team, if they happen to win their first two games and are guaranteed passage, they may sometimes field a weakened team in their third game. Um, so in that regard, um, you know, playing the big team last when it's perhaps a less meaningful game for them can be an advantage. And uh, that advantage goes to um, Croatia here as they're the team that plays uh, Belgium in, in their final game. So do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And I, and I actually think it makes the group a bit more interesting. I mean, the way the group is supposed to go according to the rankings and the odds is uh, Belgium first, Croatia second. So it's kind of good that they play at the end. Uh, as a Canadian fan, I would be upset, for example, if uh, Belgium won their first two games and were playing Morocco in the last game and fielding a B team. So uh, in that sense, I'm kind of glad that it's, it's going to come down to um, Canada and Morocco if either of them have a chance uh, to pass rather than one of those teams getting a, a bit of an advantage. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. And I think it's fascinating that Canada and Morocco play each other in the last game. And um, partly because I think they'll have something to play for. Um, you know, I think what, what we've talked about is Croatia, you know, our team that have these sharp peaks and, and, and sometimes steep valleys, but you know, it's, it's well known that they're an aging team, you know, coming off their best and really unlikely to surprise, I would say, as they did in 2018. And I think their Euro, Euro Cup, where they went out in the round of 16, kind of shows that. Um, whereas Morocco and Canada are kind of unknown because their team's on the rise. Yeah. Um, Morocco were, of course, in the last World Cup and performed admirably despite their single point. But Canada are, are an unknown team. But I think both teams are on the rise. So I think... Um, you know, some of the history that we often draw on, on these teams, especially historically, kind of goes a little bit out the window um, in this group because I think, you know, looking at it um, in terms of trends, um, you know, Croatia are perhaps on a slightly downward trend and Morocco and Canada on an upward trend. Yeah. And I can actually see those three teams being quite competitive. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, uh, I think what you're alluding to here is a, lo a lot of... Uh, maybe um, uh, people superficially looking at this would say, oh, well, that last game with Croatia and Belgium, that's going to be a battle for first place. And the game with Canada and Morocco is going to be a battle for third place. And yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to turn out that way because I think, uh, as you do, that Croatia uh, are more likely to uh, be in a battle with the bottom two teams than they are to be challenging for Belgium. Yeah, I agree. And that that's partly just because, based on the strength of Belgium. I mean, they are the number one or two team in the world of the past several years. They don't always put it together in the later stages, but in terms of qualification and group stages, they're a very consistent team. Um, so I, I think Belgium will win this group and finish first place. Um, without too yeah. much difficulty. I do too. I mean, I even disagree with those odds of uh, 90.6 uh, to advance from the group because, I mean, I would be utterly shocked if Belgium were to finish third in this group and not advance. I, I agree. I, I think it's an understatement. Um, 
Well, if you think that's an understatement, uh, the odds that uh, we didn't talk about have Belgium, uh, uh, the odds to win the group have Belgium at 65.5% or 66%. Uh, I was shocked when I saw that. Yeah, I I mean, I think Belgium are, are capable of dropping points to any one of these three teams. Uh-huh. But I think if they do that once, that'll be a surprise. And, um, you know, finishing with... I don't really see them finishing with less than seven points, which would be enough to win the group, you know. Well, if you look back at their last, uh, if their last, uh, here's an interesting one. If you look back at their recent qualifications uh, and group stages put together, they have tied two games away. That's why they're number uh, one or two in the world. It isn't because of their finishes in major tournaments. It's because of their uh, crushing consistency and if we compare that with um, uh, if we compare that with uh, Croatia, uh, Croatia dropped points to six of the nine teams they faced in their last two qualification campaigns. So if that doesn't open the door, you, you mentioned Azerbaijan, they even tied. If that doesn't kind of open the door a little bit for Morocco and Canada, um, I don't know what does. But but the door is fairly closed. Uh, against Belgium, so I think uh, any of these three teams would be doing really well to get anything off of Belgium. Yeah, I agree. Another thing you alluded to was was the, the kind of interesting prospect of teams that haven't, you know, Croatia, Morocco, Canada haven't, you know, met each other before, but how that will kind of compare the strength of their qualifying regions. Um, you know, Canada and Morocco both did very well to qualify, but certainly from a weaker you know, from historically weaker regions. And even, you know, one could argue that Mexico and the U.S. are not as strong as they have been in the past. Um, so how do you see the um, kind of that playing out in terms of the different regions? I think it's a really interesting point, uh, a really interesting point to bring up. And just in, in terms of Morocco and Canada, I think it could work to their advantage. There's still a bit of Eurocentrism, uh, you know, still a bit of Eurocentrism where people will say, oh, yeah, okay, well, they did well in Africa or they did well in CONCACAF, but, uh, you know, that that doesn't put them anywhere near the level of a European team. I mean, there is some truth to that. uh, But on the other hand, um, you know, Asian teams and African teams have been doing better. uh, And even, you know, USA in 2002 have been, you know, becoming more competitive in cups. But I think there's still that uh, feeling that um, that these regions are weak and are therefore no threat. So uh, I think Morocco and Canada are a threat uh, just in terms of their squads. I mean, most of Morocco, uh, most of Morocco's team plays in in Europe or for top African teams anyway. Uh, so I don't think that really exists anymore. How about you? Yeah, I, I think it's a fascinating dynamic. I mean, this will be the kind of the one opportunity you get to compare the regions. Um, and I agree, Morocco and Canada and Croatia, they all have world-class players. You know, Croatia isn't the only one. I mean, I think you have Luka Modric on Croatia, but then on, on Morocco and Canada, you look at players like Akram Hafi, uh, Hakimi or Ashraf Hakimi and, and Alfonso Davies on Canada. There's, there's star players on every one of these teams. Um, and right, they, they deserve some respect because they have players performing well, both Morocco and Canada, in, uh, in really top leagues in Europe. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think if you put Morocco's team uh, in terms of club affiliations up against uh, Croatia's, I think it would turn out to be pretty close because I think both Croatia and Morocco uh, have players, you know, a few players playing for, for top-level teams and uh, quite a few players playing for, say, second-tier teams, maybe lower in the premiership um, uh, something like that, and and Canada is starting to get those players, though uh, not as much uh, as yeah. Morocco and and Croatia. But yeah, I don't think there's that much between them. And on top of that, Morocco is a younger squad. Yeah, I I think the odds of Croatia at sixty four percent, you know, fully double Morocco and Canada is is far too generous. But I think Canada and Morocco won't mind being underestimated. Um, they have been in other tournaments, and uh, it has worked out kind of to their advantage then. And I think people will not necessarily learn from kind of the past mistakes of underestimating them. I think they'll probably be underestimated, but that, you know, that could be an advantage. Um, maybe not quite enough to take a point off Belgium, but possible for that very reason. I think so too. You know, I, for for example, I, I, I think one thing, uh, <laughs> one thing, um, you know, Canada will come into the cup and all the talk will be about Alfonso Davies. So these teams will say, oh, you know, Alfonso Davies, he plays for Bayern Munich. We'd better keep an eye on him and, and maybe devote too much resources. I think Canada could exploit that because through most of their qualifying, Alfonso Davies wasn't even playing. We were happy to have him on the team, but in retrospect, it may may look like a good, maybe a good thing that he wasn't because they learned to play without him. And if other teams are focusing too much attention on him, you know, maybe that could be a strategy that he soaks up attention while other good Canadian players kind of get on with that, you know, get on with the game. Yeah. I think that's quite possible. Yeah, I think this is one of the most fascinating groups because of the competitive of of really the top three and four teams, Morocco and Canada with the top two. And I think it's, it's, you're going to have some interesting clash of styles. You have a Croatia team that's older and very experienced and wily um, with a lot of know-how, especially having got to the finals, versus kind of youthful enthusiasm and hard running that Morocco and Canada will provide. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how that style and that those kind of strengths compare to the strengths of Croatia which is more on that kind of experience and, and quality and know-how, but not necessarily with the um, with some of the running and energy that Morocco and Canada will, will offer. So I think they'll be very fascinating games to watch. Uh, I'm particularly interested. I mean, I wonder if we're being too biased uh, towards Canada uh, here, but I, I do wonder if, if Canada may be uh, Belgium's biggest challenge, uh, not only in kind of taking it for granted that they're going to win, but Canada is a team kind of like Wales, where they're better than the sum of their parts. You know, they might look at Canada and say, "Oh, you know, there's only a couple of team, a couple of players playing for big teams, no problem." Uh, and yet, it'll be Canada's teamsmanship, uh, kind of like Wales, that that could pose a problem for Belgium. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a good comparison. And Canada and Wales, um, you know, other than Qatar, they're the, the two teams that had the longest World Cup drought coming into this um, World Cup. But they're, they're here because of the strength of their team, despite some of the star, individual star talent. It's really about the strength of the team. So I think that's a great point. And, and I think with Morocco, too, I think you could make that point. It should be mentioned that 
um, Hakim Ziyech, who's kind of one of their better known names, hasn't been involved with Morocco um, due to disagreement with the coaches over their previous campaigns. They have a new coach and he's looking likely to be involved. So even for Morocco, like Canada, they, they got here kind of not relying on a star, you know, who was often absent, but, but on the strength of their team. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, that's uh, still up in the air. Haladovic was uh, was uh, fired from Morocco in August, and they haven't played a game since then. But I'm sure Moroccos are, are uh, very anxious for Hakim Ziyech to be chosen. And who knows, that may have even been uh, what the disagreement was about. There's another player uh, who recently got a move to Bayern Munich, and he's not. he hasn't been a big player uh, on the team, well, partly because he wasn't chosen, also because of a, a dispute with uh, uh, with the former manager Haladovic. So um, uh, that's positive. On the other hand, uh, I'm not sure that firing a manager just as you're going into a cup uh, uh, is the most stabilizing influence. So um, and and then if 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 Hakim Ziyech and and that other player come in. Uh, it may disrupt the team. Uh, you know, Morocco, even despite the African Cup and the recent games they've played, are fairly undecided on their starting lineup. So I'm hoping that will work in Canada's favour, that they they will need a couple of games to kind of uh, to kind of pull their team together and find their best team. Whereas I'm pretty sure Canada. Uh, you know, is is further down the road in in in, de- in defining their best team. Yeah, and I do just want to make another comment on Croatia. I mean, we've been disparaging them a little bit, but not we don't want to do it too much. I mean, they are an aging team, but there has been some progress in team renewal um, in terms of some younger players coming in. Um, you know, it's a little bit hard what to expect coming off such a high in 2018. But they have a lot of good players, and it's not that their golden generation is past. You know, they may still have one one strong good good tournament left in them still. And again, there's a lot of know-how and experience in this Croatian team, and maybe that will will serve them well against uh, more inexperienced teams who who will kind of have to, especially Canada, kind of you know come to terms with the fact that they actually are competing in a World Cup against really top competition now. Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I worry too that we've given the impression that we're kind of writing Croatia off. Uh, I still think that they're probably the second favorite team. The yeah. odds we looked at had uh, Belgium at ninety-one percent. I would say closer to ninety-five. Uh, they had Croatia at sixty-four and Morocco at thirty, with Canada just behind Morocco. I would say uh, Croatia is still. Is about five percent ahead of Morocco. Uh, um, you know, maybe there's five percent kind of uh, among those three groups, but thirty percent is too much. But I still consider Croatia uh, the second favorite. Yeah, it's just interesting, obviously, to focus a bit more on Morocco and Canada because they're younger teams and they're gonna they're gonna offer something different than what they have in the past. I think. Um, and, yeah, and- they're both coming in with a with a really exciting team. Yeah. So there, there is a lot to say about them, but yeah, it's not to uh, um, take away anything from Croatia, who are a very good team. But I think they're vulnerable, and I think that's the point we want to stress here, because people might think that they're not, that it's a, it's a battle for the top two. And I think you and I don't see it that way. We see them being vulnerable um, to both Morocco and Canada from behind. 
Yeah, well, you wouldn't blame that that kind of, uh, you know, superficial look at them uh, saying, oh, my goodness, there's, you know, Belgium, who's ranked number one by FIFA, Croatia, who's coming off a, a final, a World Cup final, and then uh, two teams that don't often make it to the World Cup. Uh, uh, of course, but that's, you know, that's part of the reason we enjoy doing these podcasts because when you when you dig into the details, um, it's a little more complex than that. Yeah. All right, Connor. Well, uh, I've had enough of, of your delays and I'm looking for your uh, final prediction on this group. Give it to me straight. Okay, Belgium to win the group. I've I've struggled so much in my head between the the other three. I'm going to go safe and say Croatia, um, and perhaps looking at the advantage of maybe getting something out of Belgium in the final game. And then I'm going to say Canada ahead of Morocco. Um, but it's a real toss-up um, between those three. But um, I'll, I'll show some bias by putting Canada to, to finish third. <laughs> okay, yeah, I actually, uh, I know you said it during the thing, but... Uh, the significance of it didn't register for me when you said it. Uh, I, I think what you were saying is Croatia may have an advantage if Belgium beat Morocco and Canada in the third game and then Belgium fields a, a, a third-place team or a B team, I should say. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, that that's the. it's so hard to separate these teams, but if there's any advantage, I, I see that. Yeah, um, well, so. in that case, I'm really hopeful that... Uh, uh, well, of course, Canada uh, can maybe pull off a draw with them or Morocco if need be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Uh, I'm also in my head. Uh, uh, in my head, I go with the um, with the pot, pot placements here. Belgium first, Croatia uh, by an edge second. I got to give it to Morocco because the quality of their team and uh, a, a good performance by Canada, but finishing uh, fourth. But um, my heart says, well, my heart says Canada first, but kind of my heart uh, together with a little bit ahead says Belgium first. Uh, I am actually thinking Morocco second, Croatia third and Canada fourth. As much as I want Canada to do well, um, <laughs> I, I said it was with my heart. Okay, I'm going to say with my heart, uh, Belgium, Morocco, Canada, Croatia. All right. And how? Because it is my heart, I'm going to put Canada second there. Well, that's what we'll both be hoping for and cheering <laughs> for. But um, yeah. Okay, but I'm going to say my official prediction is actually Belgium, Morocco, Croatia, Canada. All right. All right. Well, that uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, those who are unfamiliar with our podcast might want to keep listening for some information um, about further listening. If you're turning off now, goodbye. And we hope you'll turn into, tune into our next podcast in the series. All right. Good talking to you, Connor. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, further listening. We've done nine different series of podcasts if you're interested in a deeper dive. Uh, some of the information may be dated, but some of the histories focus on different aspects of the team histories, so it can help you to get to know teams more intimately. Yes, as mentioned, this is our 10th series, and we have done at least one series on every region except Oceania. We have files for that region too, and we'll do one down the road so as not to leave them out. But let's go region by region. 
Uh, right, so Europe, our first series was a group-by-group -group podcast on the teams of Euro 2020. Uh, that was played in the summer of 2021. And uh, for South America, we also did a group-by-group -group podcast on the teams in Copa America 2021. For North America, we have done three series on CONCACAF. The first was a group-by-group -group podcast on the teams in the 2021 Gold Cup. That included a look at Qatar. The second was a preview of the eight teams in the final round of World Cup CONCACAF qualifying. That came with our first player series where we went team by team through the players. The third was an update halfway through that qualification. Yes, and for uh, Asia, we did a group by group podcast on the 12 teams in the final round of World Cup qualifying. And that included a deep dive into each team's World Cup qualifying history. We have done three series on African teams. The first was a group-by-group -group podcast on the 24 teams in the 2021 African Cup, played in early 2022. The second, done around the same time, was a team-by-team -team series on the players for each of those teams. Third and finally, we have recently concluded a series on almost all teams in Africa, a group-by-group -group examination of the 12 qualifying groups for the 2023 African Cup. This included a deep dive into their African Cup history, which is quite extensive. This provides a look into some of the lesser teams that rarely even qualify for the African Cup. Right, and we realize that not everyone is interested in the level of detail that we go into. So starting from that series, the 2023 African Cup series, uh, we're editing our media, media casts into shorter versions. Uh, generally, for groups and teams, this will just be a summary, uh, a summary uh, and discussion segments of the longer podcasts. And for the player, uh, the player ones, just the sections on the squad's overall strength and a list of the uh, main players that we expect to reach the competition. So uh, that's usually two or three groups per episode. Yes, otherwise each long version of the series contains a deep dive into the matter at hand. So if it's African Cup qualification, for example, it's a deep dive into the team's history of African Cup qualification. Or if it's the World Cup qualification, a deep dive into each team's history in qualifying for the World Cup. Right, and all of those podcasts can be found in our library at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. That's soccerfiles with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And uh, we also provide a link to our website and other relevant material in the show notes for each uh, media cast. And in general, uh, to find us, you can type Soccer Files Canada into Google, and uh, it's easy to find your way from there. Or just check out the show notes for this or any of our media casts, and it'll be easy to navigate uh, from there. Okay, see you in our future media casts.